Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Hi. Hi, Joseph Bennett. How are you? Oh, I'm much, much better now that I get to see you. It's been a minute since we've seen each other. It has. We The last time we saw each other, we were on uh, a 12-hour potathon. which I, I heard was, about that. Which I believe was your idea. I believe it was. It was. I... It was my idea, but you were the first one to say yes. I did. I said yes and to your idea. So we sat here for 12 hours. 12 hours. That's a long time. To raise money for our podcast. Wow. And and, for the Malala Fund. And for the Malala Fund. And we had past guests come on to... we had a lot of things happening then. We were there were a lot of spinning plates during our potathon. There was I ate chicken nuggets during the potathon. Um, <laughs> I read from my poetry book during the potathon. I think I only went to the bathroom twice. Your daughter was a guest. Your well, not a guest, but she came and visited, and your husband and my husband. It was something. Yeah, it was yeah, that was some that was what something. Did you, what did you learn? May I ask you? What did you I learn learned that if we do a potathon again, that yep. I would love to have entertainers, just I like guess. Jerry Lewis had entertainers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Guess what? What? We have an entertainer today. Oh my goodness! Like, we do. As our guest, look at we that do. segue! Oh my god, I she couldn't. Okay, that I'm gonna any do better. an in, I'm gonna do an intro. Are you ready? You I'm, I'm, I'm ready. gonna introduce her. Ask our listeners a, if they're ready. Are you Are you ready, listeners? I yes, heard a resounding yes. I okay, here we go. Yes. Shachi Feeney is a New York City resident. I'm going to ask her what neighborhood she lives here in a second. Shachi Feeney is a dance artist, educator, and arts curator, currently based as I just said, in New York City. She is the director of Nord Dance Academy and co-founder of Angan South Asian Center for Art and Thought. In her spare time, Shachi enjoys discussing novels with her friends, traveling, especially to the ocean and or to the Mm. mountains, and hosting dinner parties and noodling around on the piano. All the things I love doing, except I have a husband that noodles on the piano, not me. Welcome. It is so good to have you here today. And I can't wait to have this juicy conversation with you about what you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes. Thank you. There was a lot in that bio. And the thing that I got most excited about actually was when you were writing about the Angin Theater Company or Dance Company, and it was art and thought. And when I when I read about the word thought, I was like, well, that's interesting. What what do you want to say about that? Because most dance spaces or art spaces aren't including that. So tell us about that. Yeah, that was actually really important for me. So, so me, um, I am a dance artist. My uh, collaborator in Angan is also a dance artist, but we really wanted to create a space that was not just for dancers and not just for people of Indian descent, but for South Asia, looking at South Asia as a whole and looking for all artistic practices and really tied into 
um, you know, conversations around artistic practices are also conversations around research and academia. Mm. Um, and so we wanted to have a space that's going to be inclusive of all of that. So actually, one of the um, our first event that we did this year um, was a talk by a professor of uh, religion from Kalamazoo College. Wow. Her name is Dr. Sohini Sarah Billay, and she so she's an assistant professor of religion, and she's done work on um, Indian epics, like Indian mythology, and the, those are the materials that artists use as source materials when they're creating work. So there's a lot of kind of cross conversation to be had there. So that's like that's one example of why we really wanted to have the and thought be part of um, our name itself. Mm, I really love that. So the, like dramaturgically, the source material, I saw that you were working with the Mahabharata. Is that, yes. is that yeah, the text exactly. you were working with? Yes. So um, uh, Dr. Billay is, um, she has studied the Mahabharata. Um, this is her book up right here um, called Many Mahabharatas. And it, it talks about, you know, different versions of the Mahabharata, um, you know, that extend beyond Hinduism, extend beyond India um, and, and, and yeah, so it was it was a really fascinating conversation, both for artists who were in attendance and also just people who are curious about the mythology. Oh, that's really beautiful and so necessary, too. It's a it's an it's another way to educate our audiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what comes to mind for me is that you're not only giving yourself and and your dancers permission to explore this the South Asian culture, but you're also giving them a space to do that. So it's one thing for us to say that we want to explore something and we go meet maybe with somebody in a coffee shop and talk about it, but to actually have a physical space where you can do that and gather together and in creativity and in thought. That's priceless. So I honor and acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Yeah. So our, our dream is very much to, you know, long term to have an, a physical center in New York. Um, and, you know, right now we're, we're you know, doing a kind of events based at, you know, at, at different locations mm-hmm. but, um, and some things virtually. But, yeah, I think creating that space, whether it's virtual or physical, is is really important. Um, that's part of our mission to have spaces where people can actually respond to all this fantastic art that's happening um you know south asians are you're really seeing them come into the and their work come into the kind of zeitgeist right now from small independent creators all the way up through hollywood you know um the white house and other places had like massive diwali parties this year um and but there isn't there aren't too many forums for us to be able to really critically respond to some of these things other than Instagram, which is not really a a forum Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so we wanted to, that's very much part of our mission to create those spaces where people can actually engage in meaningful dialogue. Yeah. Beautiful. So can you talk to me a little bit about your process? So you're engaging a lot in, in the dialogue. So let's just, for example, just take and I've, I've always pronounced it the Mahabharata, but you're pronouncing it correctly. So would you say that again for me? Yeah, the Mahabharat. The Mahabharata. Mahabharata is also right. It um, is. OK. Yeah. OK, so thank depending you. On where you're, you are on the subcontinent, sometimes these words will they'll have the added a mm. sound at mm. the end. And sometimes it, it won't. Usually in North India, they don't have the added a at the end. Great. I wanted to honor the uh, the pronunciation. Yeah. So if I am exactly. if I'm pronouncing it right, thank you. Yeah. Just... Look at her giving per- you permission to pronounce things differently. I, I love, love it. No, oh. I love it. Uh, so 
I I do. I'm curious about process. So do you as a, a dancer take that text of the Mahabharata and and create a performance from it? And is that also a part of the, the audience conversation? Yeah, so, um, well, the Mahabharata and, you know, is a massive text. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I read it in high school. Okay, well, that, that in itself is impressive because wow. yeah, it is, it, it's massive. And, um, you know, they actually say about the Mahabharata on that note that you can find everything in the Mahabharata, as in you can find like any type of character and any type of kind of situation that, you know, somebody, you will all be able to relate to something because it's so comprehensive um so yeah so there's many many characters in it you know that you know so sometimes you might take you know small small snippets of it or small stories of it um but actually a couple years ago there's another kind of uh great epic from hindu mythology called the ramayan so kind of the ramayan and the mahabharata may be comparable in some ways to how people think of the iliad and the odyssey in the west mm-hmm. um so i was in a production of the ramayan a few years ago that was staged um and the mahabharata is even bigger and more complicated than the ramayan but the ramayan itself is also like quite <laughs> a, a sizable text so um yeah and then also there's other stories from around hindu mythology that we very much use as uh sources of inspiration for our choreographies and 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 uh works that we do beautiful beautiful so how did you end up here what is your if you uh-huh. will origin story Ooh. Um, okay. Well, I started studying dance as a child. Um, it was very much that my mom put me in dance class because she wanted me to have some tie back to my Indian roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, the form of dance that she wanted me to study is called Kathak, which comes from North India. My family comes from Mumbai or Bombay. And, um, you know, even though we're Bombay is kind of situated right in the middle of the country when we're looking north south. So we kind of have influences from both North and South India. But in some ways, we were more tied to North Indian culture. So she wanted me to study Kathak, but we couldn't find any Kathak teachers around. So she put me in a Bharatanatyam class, which is this South Indian form. And it was very much just, you know, she wanted me to have opportunities that she didn't have. She wanted me to be tied back to my culture. Um, and but never looking at it as this should be her career. You know, that that was very much like, you know, <laughs> go and be a doctor or, you know, go into finance or something like that. So when I went to college, I, um, you know, I studied uh, economics and I studied psychology. And, you know, when I graduated, I was just very burnt out. I'd gone to an extremely competitive school, like high school, and then, you know, college. I kind of was pushing, pushing. And all I knew was that a couple of things after graduating college, which was I was a bit lost. I wasn't happy. And I knew that I just didn't want to go into finance, which, you know, most of my friends went right into either investment banking or consulting. Um, And I thought, okay, let me just try to be creative for a year and see what happens. And, you know, in my very, like, you know, naive 22 year old brain, I thought, okay, where would I like to live in the world? And I thought, okay, maybe San Francisco or New York or London, which are like, you know, three most expensive cities. 
<laughs> and, you know, and I actually ended up getting in touch with a dance company in London. And then we couldn't figure out how like the visa situation was going to work. And they said, you know, the person who used to run our company here has just moved to New York and she's launching a company there. So that's how I ended up coming to New York. And I got, you know, I was making next to nothing, but I was just excited to be doing that. And at, at the same time, I was working for and living with um, a couple who were, you know, kind of high end photographers and helping with their work and, you know, also kind of being a nanny to their child. Um, and, you know, so I was living in Brooklyn and I was like, let me just try this for a year. And that year has turned into now the last 10 years. Mm. Um, so yeah, I can get into more details, but that's kind of the origin of it all. Oh my gosh, that is is so beautiful. And what I'm noticing most about this is that you notice, you reflected that I'm unhappy and I don't want to do this. And there's so many of us, my dear, that are running around with, I'm unhappy, but I'll figure it out or it'll get better or, you know, I don't deserve happiness or whatever stories we're telling ourselves. But for you to actually sit up or stand up and say, I'm going to give myself a year to try and figure this out. I'm going to go across the country to a city I'm not familiar with, and I'm going to see if I can figure this out. And, and that just like warms the tippy top of my heart that, that you were able to do that. Cause you know, in this room, the three of us were all creatives and it takes a certain degree of courage to be the one in the room to say, I'm not going to go into investment banking, even though that's what I've been groomed to do, even though that's, you know, all the money and energy I've spent has, you know, been to study economics and psychology. So thank you for being the brave soul in the room to say, I'm going to try this. Yeah, thank you. I yeah, it definitely like, you know, you it it does take there've been like several of those moments in my life, you know, where and you know, it it takes a certain amount of courage, absolutely. And then but sometimes I think, you know, maybe it's uh, uh, maybe it's also part of my nature. You know, you reach a point of kind of desperation and then you're like, okay, I just have to leap then, you know? So I, and I reached that point at that point where, you know, I I remember telling my mom, you know, I was like, it it might be selfish or it might be impractical, but I don't want to work a career and then wait and think that, okay, maybe eventually when I retire, I can be happy then and Mm. potentially enjoy my life. I was like, maybe it's selfish. I want to experience joy every day of my life. I remember saying that to her and you know that doesn't always happen but like that's that is like kind of a philosophy on how I will I I believe we should all live like you know first of all we don't know what's what life is guaranteed for us so we have to try to enjoy you know whatever moments we have I think yeah Mm. 100% how did your parents receive that Oh, not well. <laughs> not well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my parents, my parents didn't speak to me for three months. And, um, oh, and I oh. like, yeah, that's why. So when I came to New York, I, um, you know, I basically eventually told them, I was like, well, I'm moving to New York tomorrow. <laughs> and they, um, that's when they kind of like, you know, turned around and started talking to me. But I, I literally like, you know, those quizzes that you can or surveys you can fill out online and like you make a couple cents. Like that's how I was because I came out of college and I was I was just also in a very low 
place mentally. So like I didn't have a job and, and stuff, but so that's how I like made money. And I came, literally came to New York with about like $300 in my pocket. Wow. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> then just made it from there. But it was that, you know, the big part of that journey for me also was that taught me for the first time that, cause I grew up pretty sheltered that, you know what? I can take care of myself on my own. When push comes to shove, I can make it and I can be, I can give myself a comfortable life. You know, I'm, I'm not like on the streets and, you know, begging or anything. Like I, I made myself a comfortable life. I have enough, you know, brains or talent or skill or luck or whatever it is. The universe is there and I've, you know, I can, I can make my life for myself. So that, that year kind of taught me that and gave me that confidence. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. And not so not not many people at a young age advocate for themselves in that way. Mm, and uh, especially in, against their parents. Right, Meredith? It's like, yeah, yeah wow. I, we have very common stories. It's interesting. I did the same thing, except I ended up in San Francisco and my dad's like, are you you don't it, you know, it's one of the most expensive cities in the world and you have not money. You're awaiting tables. How are you going to make it? And I was like, mm. and, and they ended up they were resistant, but they drove me out in a suburban with like my, you know, small amount of stuff. And they said, if you don't find a place in 48 hours, you're coming home with us. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so. I get it. Like, you know, it's like, it's obviously it's all from like love and fear on their part, but yeah. you know, at some point, you know, the baby bird's got to fly. So. Mm. <laughs> and the baby bird might not be going into finance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I share with you what's coming up top of mind right now? And that is that in the, and the title of our of our podcast, the one verb is waiting. And I think that's what really resonates with some of our listeners and with some of our guests is this idea of, am I going to wait, right? You spoke to that earlier. Am I going to wait 10 years and see where this goes? And, and I just love that you have allowed yourself, you know, A, to, to live the life that you're living, but also to notice, oh yeah, I am capable of doing this. I am able to take care of myself. I am resourceful and I didn't have to wait. Yeah. And um, listener, I, I hope you're, you're noting that down that you do not need to wait either. Mm -hmm. yeah. Leaps of faith, I say, leaps of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Do, do you have any current projects that you're working on right now that you're just like, I got to tell the world? <laughs> um, well, Angan is a big one. We launched that, you know, earlier this year and, you know, we were just um, planning our programming for the coming year and, you know, mm -hmm. looking at um, and, you know, that's another story really of like not wanting to wait, honestly, because um, it's really that organization is built out of us looking around and saying well we wish we had this community and we wish we had these resources and then you know, we kept having these conversations and it got to a point where you know what we're gonna just do it we we have to build what you want in the world mm -hmm. i guess so Ooh. um and so yeah so we're really excited for the programming that we're you know trying to put together for next year um you know we're trying to uh, this year we did, like I said, I talked about the first event we did, then we did like an event around dance. Um, we're going to be next year, hopefully doing some, um, workshops for children, um, exploring the world of art, getting introduced to the world of art, maybe something, uh, we have some things planned around literature and film and things. So 
this big projects um, and right now we're, we're actually doing a fundraiser to, to, to fund these things and all of this is quite new to us you know we're not we're dance artists you know and what happens <laughs> you know as we know I'm sure you guys know anybody who's an artist is rarely do you ever get to just be an artist you have to be you know an admin and a fundraiser and a director and a, everything else so you know we're, we're wearing all the hats and <laughs> seeing what we can do well if people want to donate money to you how do they do that tell me now um, we have a GoFundMe set up. If you go to our website, which is uh, www.angannyc.org, um, and I think it's slash donate, then you'll you'll or you'll see the donation link, um, and that will take you to the GoFundMe. So we would very much appreciate, um, yeah, any. And this is the time of year to donate. I mean, mm -hmm. come on, right? Congratulations on, yeah. on setting that up. I know even just all the back work that needs to happen of landing pages and GoFundMes. Yep. And then you never know, are people going to respond to this? Yep. But, but what I'm cognizant of is that when you talk about children's programming, you know, they don't need to grow up and say, oh, I wish I had, you know, a place to go and study or learn about South Asian art. You're creating it. So thank you for making the dreams come true for the next generation. Thank you. Yeah. And um, what's special about that event really is that it's um, it's not even just about like giving them access to art because lots of, you know, we, we I grew up, I, I took dance classes, I studied piano, you know, we, we take and the way that college admissions are now, every kid is in 100 extracurriculars, maybe mm. too many. Mm -hmm. But what we felt was possibly missing from that is that kind of again the, the the joy aspect the like you know being able to just play and explore you know oftentimes we're put into these classes as young children and they're very disciplined environments and we're just without any context told okay now you come and study this art form and you know it's a strict environment and you you're practice really hard every day and you know so the even the artists that we are inviting into the space um you know one you know there's a couple of musicians there's um you know a female percussionist there is a, a children's book illustrator who's doing a workshop there is a computer programmer who's now turned into a full-time artist visual artist and he uses his computer programming skill um to create generative art um, so like these artistic fields that, you know, kids don't have exposure to and their parents have also not seen so many successful South Asian working artists. So, um, yeah, it's that that joy aspect that we're trying to bring into everything. Mm, I really appreciate that. Is there one micro like a small action that you can leave with our listeners if they wanted to begin to create more joy in their life or experience joy on a daily basis mm. how does one go about creating a practice like that because you're the first person on our podcast and by the way you are our 90th guest our 90th episode today so that's something right um what would you share with them a micro action that they can take to create more joy uh, you know, I think it's really about introspection and tuning in, at least for me, I think I, you know, and I think all of us these days, that's the way the world is. We have so many outside voices coming at us all the time. And 
And all with good intention a lot of times. You know, people telling us, you should live your life like this. Just say no to things you don't want to do. Just say yes and take the leap. Like, you know, you all these mixed messages and you're like, I don't know what the right thing is. So I think it's really about, you know, tuning in. And, and, and you know, this is a process for me too every day that, you know, I'm like, okay, but in this moment, what do I, Shachi, actually feel like doing or want to do? And that's not to say that, you know, at every moment you can just do whatever you want all the time. You know, people have obligations and responsibilities. But I think the more you kind of tune into your your inner desires and wishes and things, I think the more true you can be to yourself, the more joyful you can be. And then in return, I think then you have more capacity to bring joy to others also. I think a lot of times people, myself very much included, tend to put off our joy thinking we'll take care of somebody else um, first. But it's kind of like the seatbelt mask thing in the airplane. Like, you know, until you take care of yourself, you can't really take care of somebody else. So, yeah, I think like tuning into yourself and that's not a selfish act. You know, that's just... It's if you want to be joyful and bring joy in the world, you have to do that. So mm-hmm. get to know yourself. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. And where can our listeners find and connect with you? Um, Instagram is perfect. Um, my handle is just my name, Shachi Fene, S-H-A-C-H-I-P-H-E-N-E. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty responsive on there, I think. So amazing. Well, I'm gonna find you right after this episode. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, well, this has been a, a delight. And uh, where in the where in the city are you? Ah, I am in Queens, in Regal Park. You are okay. I'm in Washington Heights. Okay. So okay. maybe we'll see each other on a on a subway platform at some <sighs> point, or I, I'm going to come see you perform. Yeah, I, I teach on the Upper West Side, so on on 72nd Street. So I'm there Amazing. several times a week. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Well, this has been a delight to get to know another fellow New Yorker, and thank you for taking the time to be on our. What is the name of our show? Are you waiting Are for you permission? Are you waiting for permission? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Take care. Thanks for being here, listener. We appreciate you. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Are You Waiting for Permission? If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, we want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grandi of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. All right, my friends, until next week. Bye.